Okay, everybody, this week's episode of Run Past Michigan is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Michigan's on the road this week, of course, at Indiana, but next week they'll be at home against Ohio State, the biggest game of the year, as we all know. Uh, so I, I would suggest going there, go, go, go to game time. I actually had somebody ask me that like two weeks ago from Ohio where they should go find uh, maybe a secondary market ticket. Uh, I suggested game time. They came back and told me that uh, the ticket price there was much lower than it was at some of the other ones that you use. Uh, beyond football season, of course, as we know, uh, all sports, uh, NFL, MLB, baseball, or uh, hockey, basketball, whatever it is, uh, concert and theater tickets are in there as well. And then the uh, signature part of the whole thing is the two-tap checkout. A lot of things in our life we wish we could do in two taps, clean our house, clean our car, everything else. We can buy tickets in two taps, uh, as you know, with GameTime. So the GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the app in the Google Play Store or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. We want the Big Ten Championship, and we're going to win it as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. When the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Run Past Michigan, our RPM podcast here on The Athletic. It is our early week free show. I'm Nick Baumgartner here with Austin Meek in Ann Arbor. Uh, after Michigan's 44-10 rivalry thrashing, Austin of Michigan State, this is your first chapter in the rivalry. Doesn't always go like this, but this is the one that the people wanted. I think we said at some point in yeah. the fourth quarter, Jim Harbaugh is giving the people what they want here today, and that's exactly what happened. Absolutely. Uh, he had a chance to uh, kick the Spartans while they're down, and uh, <laughs> yeah, did, did so. not let up. <laughs> Uh, that touchdown pass with two and a half minutes left, you know, I'm of the opinion that yeah. uh, it's the other team's job to stop you, Me leave too. a guy wide open, right. what are you going to do, throw it in the stands? I right. mean, you got what's coming to you. But yeah, right. you know what? I think every, everybody, uh, everybody who roots for Michigan uh, took, took, took a little enjoyment out of that, uh, just twisting the knife a little yeah. bit uh, when the Spartans are down, because Lord knows that uh, Michigan State has, has dished out its share, too, yes. of... Uh, Yes. suffering over the last few years to Michigan, so felt good probably for, for Michigan to get that one back. Yeah, and it's been just like that, that got brought up a lot a little bit there as it was happening, and I reminded folks as much as I could, like, this is just what Jim Harbaugh does to every opponent. He is of the mind that it is your job to stop my team. It's not my job to just take the brakes off. I can remember him leading the starters in deep into games in 2016 against, like, Illinois. I mean, it, it, the opponent really doesn't matter, uh, although I will say... That was probably, I think Shea Patterson said it for the game, we were trying to score as many points as we could. Oh, yeah. And that was probably designed with, I think we can get them on this, they're a complete mess, let's go out there and run one more with a freshman just so they know that we beat you again with, you know, we did it again with a younger player, Kareemus Johnson, making that play. So, yeah, for a lot of Michigan fans, I think, who remember the end of the 2014 game when D'Antonio ran one in there at the end uh, that they didn't really need to run in, Um and then said afterward it was because Michigan shoved a tent stake in their field and acted like they had it coming <laughs> and stuff. And it was like, all right, fair enough. You know, I mean, it's their job to stop them. And I think I probably wrote that at the time. It's like anybody complaining about that is sort of missing the point. And I would say that the same thing is probably true uh, on this end. So we said it last week, right? We said there's a lot of people that want to see Mark Antonio catch one on the chin here. 
before he's done, if this in fact was his last shot. And I think we both thought it was possible, mm-hmm. but maybe wouldn't have bet it. I know some that did and made some money because when we look back on it now, it's like we probably should have maybe seen this coming. I think the D'Antonio magic was sort of worn off there. Yeah, it, it's. I told somebody it's the difference between could and will. You know, yes. We said they absolutely could do what they did, uh, but I don't think it, either of us were convinced that that was what they were going to do. Uh, but, you know, hats off to, uh, to Michigan. They came out there, I think, with a mindset that yeah. we haven't seen from this no. team. Uh, we had been waiting for the game where Shea Patterson just goes out there and lets it fly. Mm-hmm. And this was it. Uh, 384 yards, uh, four touchdowns. Uh, Michigan ran the ball when no they needed to run the yeah. ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but they put the ball in Shea Patterson's hands and said, go win us the game. And, and Shea Patterson did that. And you thought that he was capable of doing that, mm-hmm. but we hadn't seen it until yeah. this game. And I think that really, you look at this offense now, it, I mean, it's kind of scary. Yeah. You, you know that they are capable of, of doing what they did uh, Saturday. You know that they are capable of doing what they did against Notre Dame when they ran for 360-whatever yards. Uh, you know, this, this is now, we've seen both sides mm-hmm. of it from Michigan's offense. Uh, and, and I think that, that tells you that, that this now looks like a complete... A complete yeah. team, really hitting on all cylinders. It's funny. I feel like I'm in a time machine vortex of some kind here because I can remember sitting here in November last year having this exact conversation <laughs> because they started the year out with this wonky, weird. We don't know what we're doing here. It was awkward. It didn't really make a lot of sense, and it wasn't. It didn't mesh, and it was clunky. And then by the end of November, or by mid-November anyway. I remember saying, boy, this really has the makings of something that's really something different and kind of scary, like we, like you just said. And then, of course, the season ended and it didn't go the way people wanted, but it looked like it was they were finding their way and then they'd change again. And same thing happens where they start the season and it's kind of clunky and it doesn't go the way anybody wants it to go. But, you know, in time, and I wrote about both programs on, on Saturday, of course, and, and it was the great example where it was like, this is why Michigan made its change. This is mm-hmm. why Michigan hired Josh Gaddis. You know, you're seeing it now. And for Michigan State, you know, the decision not to change anything, you saw the result of that too. Um, yeah, Jim Harbaugh had the line today, you can't plant potatoes and expect to eat potato salad the next day. That's, you know, you can plant potatoes nine months ago and expect to get potato salad nine months later, though. I will say that. But at the same time, I understand his point to a degree. Um, you're never going to convince me that this couldn't have probably been handled better in September. Sure. But here, that's over with and done, and here they are now. And I, I do agree with you. I think that when we look forward to not only the close of this season, but if you're if you're truly capable of keeping some stuff together here now and keeping some staff unity together, maybe this becomes something that next year, even though you are losing some pieces, you can have a functioning system that everybody knows what to expect, and then all of a sudden it takes off. Because what we saw on Saturday was outstanding. Outstanding yeah. from Josh Gaddis. I watched everything back over again. They had, I think Patterson had 14 plays of 15 passes or more. You can draw it up. You can stop the film before every play, and you can circle the big empty space of grass wherever mm-hmm. the defense is, and that's where the ball went. And it was one-on-one, speed and space. That's what that whole thing's about. And they took advantage of it wire to wire. I mean, it was outstanding. It's what people, I think, thought they were going to see when the season started. And now all of a sudden you think about all that stuff with the fact that they've gotten the run game going, and it suddenly changes kind of how we look at everything. Yeah, and Jim Harbaugh said it after the game, uh, giving credit to Josh Gaddis and, and the game plan, and basically said, 
We knew what we wanted to do going into that game. We knew what adjustments Michigan State was going to make, and we knew what counter adjustments we were going to make when they yep. did that. Right. And and that's exactly how it played out. You know that. Uh, you know that that is. Um, that is as bad as I've seen a Michigan State defense yes. get get right. pushed around by anybody, and I you know I certainly haven't watched right. watched them as closely as people have who have been really wired into this rivalry. But uh, is it fair to say that the you know the reputation of this Michigan State program as as the hard nosed you know the the team that goes toe to toe with anybody? Yeah, feels like that's kind yeah, of gone cool. now, yeah, isn't cool. it? Uh, and and yeah. this was you know. I, I wrote uh, after the game, it felt like this was the game where, where Michigan broke that cycle. Yeah. You know, they they yeah, won the true. game last year uh, in East Lansing uh, and, you know, ended up winning it by two touchdowns, but it was kind of a tooth and nail type game. Uh, th- this really felt like uh, the game where Michigan broke out of that, <laughs> that yeah. sort of headlock that Michigan State had had him in over the last decade. And, you know, maybe maybe Mark D'Antonio will get Michigan State back there. Maybe mm-hmm. he'll step down and somebody else will come in and get him back there. But until further notice, uh, these two programs are just you know in, in two yeah. different places right and now. And it's funny. It's I, I'm now reminded of the potatoes line again here uh, because <laughs> I think this is what a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of the Michigan fa- fan base thought this would happen the minute Harbaugh had hired, mm-hmm. that he was going to come in here and right the right the wrongs, and this Michigan State stuff was going to just stop. And that was going to be that, and they were never going to beat him again, and that was going to be the end of it, and they were going to blow him out every, you know, every chance they got. Of course, that didn't happen, um, but it took some time you know, for, for them to get themselves in a position where now we look at it and say three of the last four and the three wins Michigan's had were pretty well controlled. They were all wins that Michigan State was beaten pretty clearly early in the game. Um, and I think that that's what people wanted to see. That's what people expected to see. I think that, like you said, it Austin, I think the when you, when Harbaugh said the thing after the game about you know everybody in our locker room now has the advantage. You know, I think that was important to him. But he also kind of went down the list. Fifth years are three and two. You know, the seniors are two or three, three and, and one, one or yeah. whatever. And then the sophomores are two and zero. Oh. This uh, when I looked at a guy like Michael Inwinu or a guy like um, Carlo Kemp. You know, and I say those guys are three and one. Mm-hmm. They don't have the voodoo that uh, some yeah. of the other pro- some of the other kids in the program did. They don't have that. And you flip it, and now you say the sophomores at Michigan State are zero and two, and the juniors are one and three, and it's it's flipped. And um, you know, it's back to where a lot of Michigan fans thought it should never have left, but it did. <laughs> and it's always been interesting yeah. because I think that the narrative was always, well, Michigan State got lucky. Um, if Michigan hadn't been a mess. The Michigan State never would have gotten there, and they took advantage of the disrespect and everything else. And I think we can look back at that chapter now and say they were just better. Yeah, Michigan State was just better, and now they're not. <laughs> like that's just how it is. Yeah, and, it was uh, Urban Meyer, right, on the pregame yeah. show, who was saying, "I look at Michigan State. Where, where's, where are the NFL caliber players? You know, oh yeah, uh, and yeah. it's true. You, you know, you look at that program, and uh, whatever you want to say about you know mindset or mentality or you know, whatever chip on the shoulder Mark D'Antonio yeah, they had <laughs> instilled players. with that program, yeah. they had guys who are playing yeah. in the NFL right now. And you look at that team, you didn't. You didn't see no, a lot like of that three, on that maybe. Michigan State yeah. team, yeah, right now. Yeah, it's it's been interesting. It's uh, it's it's a it's a sort of a weird era there that they're in, and, and Michigan is also sort of in a interesting spot because I, you know, everything we just said, you know, this looks like a team that's trending toward peaking. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure if we've seen their best game yet. Maybe we have. If we have, I, I'm not sure that's going to be enough to get it done at the end of the year. Um, but what we think now with Indiana and Ohio State coming up, do we trust 
Michigan to to do this here? Do we trust them to finish the job? And you know, I'm I'm more convinced maybe than I would have been before, but I don't know if I'm yeah. all the way convinced yet, right? I think that we I think you said it last week and really hit it on the head that last week going into that game, you know, that they were they looked much improved from the Wisconsin stuff, but also maybe not that far away from it, mm-hmm. and a little further away now. Yeah, but I'm not sure all the way further away now. You know. Yeah, I think the next step now is to go out and do it on the road. Uh, yeah. you, you look yes. at uh, you know the way Michigan has played on the road this year. Their best game away from home's probably been Maryland, Maryland I guess you would say. Kind of uh, you know, Illinois. Yeah. The first half they looked good. Uh, <laughs> the second half. <laughs> you know, I mean they, and again they you know they're they're. Two uh, two opportunities to really prove something on the road. Wisconsin, we know what happened there. Penn mm-hmm. State, uh, you know, first half they they no showed, and second half they got it together. But uh, you know, I think this Indiana game now, and we'll get more into Indiana later in the week. But this is the opportunity to take, I think, what we've seen. You know, if, if you take the best of Notre Dame and you take the best of Michigan State, and you put that together. You know, I think that is that is the peak yeah. for this Michigan yes. team. And now you say, a can they can they do that? And b can they do it on the road against yeah. a you know a, a good team? Uh, and I don't get the sense that anybody. You know, we talked to those guys today. I don't get the sense that anybody uh, at Michigan is is under any illusions that uh, that Indiana is going to be an easy game uh, no, because their their history with the Hoosiers yeah. is uh, that these games tend to be close and competitive. And for whatever reason, Bloomington is a tough place for Michigan to play. So uh, I, I think that is the next step now to put it together on the road against a good opponent. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm, Ohio State's going to be a different you know, test altogether for many different reasons, as we know. But, you know, I am more inclined to trust where this is going, if for no other reason, and I do want to stick on this for a second, because that was really the first time I can remember in a game of that magnitude, where it was, you got to have it, right? It's a got to have it game, you know, and nobody likes to lose those games. Mm-hmm. First time I can remember, really, in the Harbaugh era, that they had an offensive plan that wasn't stubborn, Mm-hmm. that made so much sense that we talked about that all last week. Like, Michigan State cannot cover these guys. You're going to have to be more than your conservative shell self. You're going to have to attack. And they did. I mean, they took advantage. And Michigan State's not very good, but they made them look every bit as bad as they've looked at any point this season. That was as soundly as anyone has beaten Michigan State all year. Yeah. And they did it by exploiting everything that was so clearly obvious and it just was simple and, and complex in the right ways that it was, you know, really one of the first times I can remember a lot of the Jim Harbaugh offenses in the years past have been trying to hammer the nail through steel. You know, we're, we're going to, you know, if this is a square peg and a round hole, we're going to make that thing fit. And a lot of times they would because they were just more talented than other teams. But I can remember them going into games before where it was bigger games. We talked about the Ohio State game last year where it was like they tried to go into that game with this ball possession. We're going to try to grind the clock and win it this way. And... Blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, you can't. You can't do it that way. You're going to have to take advantage of other things or be different or, you know, or understand who you're playing against. I just, I feel like a lot of times we see, we've seen Harbaugh offenses in the past run whatever they're going to run, regardless of what they're playing. And, and this was a great example of Gaddis. Maybe they, maybe it was the extra week. I don't know. Maybe it was something they've worked on all year. Mm-hmm. But he, he knew what they were doing or were going to do. To a T, and he exploited it from the minute that game started. And I think that was the first time I can look back and say, maybe since 2015, that I remember seeing a game plan where I was like, "Wow, that was that just seemed perfect." I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. if there's anything we can criticize. No. <laughs> and you know us, you know, we'll find it. But 
But I don't think there's anything that I could, I mean, other than just you sit back at the end and you say, wow, I mean, that was a thorough drubbing and they called everything right at every point in time. And I mean, that's that has to be very encouraging for the program in general because for those who thought that Jim Harbaugh had taken the reins back from Josh Cannes and what's calling the plays. I don't think so, folks. Like, I think that proved to you that that's wrong, that this is – Josh Gaddis is still calling this offense. Josh Gaddis has done a great job of repositioning this thing, getting it back to where it was, and that was a terrific game. I mean, that was a well-called game across the board that has to be encouraging. And for me, you know, I'm not sitting here saying I'm picking them to beat Ohio State or whatever, but, I mean, it seems like it's – headed to where I think people thought it should be headed when the season started. I mean, at least that team that we saw Saturday, you'd give them a shot in that Yeah, you give game. them a shot. You know, yeah. you, you, that team that we saw Saturday is not going to get run off the field by Ohio State. They might not win the game, but right. they're, they're going to be in the game. Yeah. And that's that's why you hire Josh Gaddis, yeah. is to have an offense that when you get to your, your biggest games of the season can come through for you. What did we figure out? Shea Patterson, that was like... Number five all-time single yep. game in, in Michigan history yep. in pass, single game passing yards. All uh, games. Yeah. All games. There have been a lot of games yeah. going back to 1875 <laughs> so, or whatever. Harbaugh had mentioned that he passed Tom Brady at, uh, for the all-time against Michigan State. But he'd actually passed Tom Brady on the all-time. That was Tom Brady's career high. He passed him. And like I think it was a might have been the Alabama Orange Bowl, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But he was number five. Only a couple 400-yard games above that, but he was, I mean, shoot, he was darn close to 400 there, too. So, you know, and that's the other thing to talk about as well, because, you know, I asked Harbaugh after the game, and he gave the standard answer. I've been happy with Shea since he's been here, and fair enough. But that's the best he's looked, and that's the most comfortable he's looked in in, in this offense. Last year, at this time, he looked comfortable. What they were asking him to do, he'd figured it out. They weren't asking him to be very explosive, but I thought he was playing really, really well down the stretch. And here they are again, and you know all the reads, all the things are. I mean, every play there's a read, and mm-hmm. all of those things. He looks so flawless with it right now. Uh, he did against Maryland. I thought he did. You know, at times even against Illinois, I thought it was better. Uh, but as the season has gone on, it's improved, and now it looks like it's second nature. Um, obviously, playing a defense that refuses to uh, do anything different or adjust probably <laughs> helps. But at the same time, I think that you know a terrific game for him. Uh, people can nitpick on some things if they want in terms of maybe that ball should have been there or whatever. Whatever, who cares? That was uh, a complete dissection. He was needed. He got done when he needed to get done, and they want you know, and they were explosive. I think that if you are talking about higher level games, you know, maybe some throws need to be more accurate. But you know, you can't ask for much more than that. That was that was a pretty darn pretty darn good day. Yeah, I think that was the Shea Patterson that that we thought we yeah. would or could see before the season. Um, you know, and going back to like. I remember looking at that Iowa game and talking about Shea Patterson's a better quarterback than this, and wondering, yes. you know, if if we would see that again from him, uh, and we have, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's uh, things things have clicked now in the way that he's seeing the field, uh, the way he's making his reads, you know, he he just looks like a totally different player uh, than than he was earlier in the season, and that gives that gives Michigan Michigan a chance, you know, yes. um, it it is it's a little bit hard to judge because. Michigan State, uh, you know, is is not the same team that they were even earlier in the season. You know, you get the sense that as yeah. as this slide down has Complete continued collapse. for Michigan yeah. State, uh, it's just it's compounded on itself. Uh, but you know, forty four points on Michigan State, nobody else had done that this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know in that Ohio State game, that was the classic like. Blowout management yeah. type yeah. game for Michigan State, where they were like, yeah. "We're going to lose, but we're not going to get blown out." Yeah. Um, 
They kind of tried to do that in this game. You know, they <laughs> line, up to, line up to go for it on fourth and one, get the penalty. Yeah. Uh, they decide to punt it. They get the punt blocked. Right. Uh, classic case of you get what you deserve, <laughs> yeah, I think, in that ball scenario. Ball line on that one for sure. Yeah. Point is, yeah. you know, Michigan did something to Michigan State that um, that even the really good teams yeah. that Michigan State has, has played haven't done that to the level that Michigan did it. Yeah, they, they treated them like the, like what they're supposed to be treated. I mean, a bad team's supposed to look like a bad team if you're a good team playing against them. And I think that, you know, at this point, you know, that's why Michigan's still kind of tough to figure out because we can't really erase what we saw, you know, in September at Madison. But at the same time, when we know what we know about college football and that things can change so much over the span of six weeks that, you know, I think that, you know, a great example, again, in, you know, a head coach understanding the situation in the moment. And I would credit Jim Harbaugh completely for this. Um, when they walked off the field and he walked in to talk to us in Madison, and again on that Monday, it was, this is my fault. Um, mm-hmm. I am to blame for this. And he was. And it was, I haven't gotten this team, whether it's the staff and players or one or the other, I haven't gotten them ready to do what's necessary to compete at the level that we know they can compete at. And... Um, that was what was most alarming, and I, he took ownership of it. And they have spent the rest of the season trying to fix it on the fly, and I think they've done a fantastic job of it uh, to this point. But <laughs> there are two real games here left now because you've got at Indiana, which is a Indiana pushed Penn State on the road right to the wire um, last week, and uh, you know I think Indiana's eight and three right now. I think they were seven and two going into that game last week, so they're eight and three. This is the best Indiana has played, or the best team Indiana has had in a long time. They've been bowl eligible for a couple of weeks. I have no idea how they lost to Michigan State. That is like <laughs> a real anomaly, but they've really taken off since. Um, you know, we know what Indiana does offensively. We'll get more into that probably later in the week. But this is something where you now have two real tests to show it. Like I think if they, I was also impressed. I will say this. People talk a lot about how the buy in college football can be such a productive thing and a good thing, and I'm I've never been real sure if the buy is a benefit to teams other than the fact that you get a week to maybe heal. Uh, but these kids, their attentions go everywhere else. I actually thought it was impressive that Michigan came out of that buy and didn't look sluggish or sloppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think their focus is good. It seems like you know Harbaugh's talked for years about what he calls a battle rhythm, which is everybody. I understand what I have to do on Monday. I know what I got to do on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and so on and so forth. And by the time I go play the game, I just turn, put my helmet on and go play. And it feels like they're in that mode. And if we see that again Saturday at Indiana, which would be a good win. I don't know if Indiana's ranked, so I'm not sure if that's going to count on the old uh, ranked, yeah. ranked team yeah, list. Ranked team on the road, yeah. I'm not uh, sure, but they're, they're, if they're not ranked, they're probably just outside, you know, right? Yeah. So. Um, that would be considered a quality win, a better win than, in terms of quality opponent than what we what you just saw over Michigan State. To be quite honest, Indiana's yeah. a better team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Indiana so, yeah. seven and three right now. Uh, took Penn State down to the wire uh, in their last game. Uh, they lead the the Big Ten in passing offense. Yep. Um, I, I think uh, you know we, we've talked a lot about the offense defensively. Yep. You know, I we're almost to the point now where I think we take it for granted. Yes, that, we are. That this Michigan State, or excuse me, this Michigan defense is going to show up every every game. Uh, this will be a, a little bit different test, I think, against Indiana because uh, Indiana offensively does some things that maybe Michigan doesn't see every week. But have we gotten to the point now where this Michigan defense has strung together enough dominant games yeah. that we say, even if you know, even if Indiana can go out there and do some things. 
because you don't expect that you know you're going to go pitch a shutout against Indiana. They're going to they're going to yeah. move the ball. They're going to score some points. But have we seen enough from this Michigan defense now to say whatever happens the rest of the way, they're not going to collapse. Uh, that they're going to show up every week. Yeah, they're going to hang in there. I think so. I think so because that that really does that. You know, the offense was building, but the defense. You look at their total yard up. I mean, four eighty seven at Wisconsin, and they haven't let up anything more than two eighty three since, and that's been most of the season. So I mean, and, and I think more than that, they've done enough with how they've adjusted. Don Brown's made enough adjustments with how he calls defense and how they how they attack certain things to convince me that they're going to be ready schematically for. Not only Indiana, but I think ready schematically as best they can be for Ohio State. I don't think we're going to see a situation again where they just get schemed into the garbage can, like and have no answer. Mm-hmm. It'll be more about do you have enough guys to go out there and, and do and, and make it work. Um, but we've seen them adjust to things like uh, crossing routes is a great example, yeah. right? So we've we've saw we've seen that for weeks. You know, we've seen that we saw that against Iowa. We saw that. Some in the Illinois game, we saw that a lot against Penn State, Notre Dame, uh, and we saw it again against Michigan State. There was a couple times early in that game where they got into third and third and seven, third and eight, and you know if you've played Michigan over the last four years, third and seven, third and eight, they're playing single high man coverage, and we're going to cross them. And Michigan shows single high man coverage, they drop into cover two, and they bracket the crossing route, and it's an almost interception. I mean, Don Brown has done a great job this year of self-identifying the problems that they've had schematically. And the tendencies that maybe other teams think when they see him, and now you don't know what to think because he's done you know a little bit of both. I think he's called a really good season underrated because you did have the terrible day at Wisconsin, the terrible first half anyway. Um, I think it's been an underrated year for him. Uh, they don't have the talent that they had last year or even in '16. They don't have as much. So I think with what he has and how they've sort of morphed it to fit something different. I think this has been maybe one of the better years so far. I mean, I, maybe that's a hot take, but I don't think it has been. I think it's been one of the better years yeah. that I've seen from Don Brown because it's we're, I'm seeing something different, I feel like, all the time from him. It's 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 more things or it, maybe it's stuff that they already had in, but they're sprinkling more throughout and they're varying things a little bit more and not just trying to out-athlete people uh, because for a couple of years they could do that and it was the smart move to do that because they were just better athletically and, and some some season or some games this year it just hasn't been the case so they've been able to adjust and I think so I think I think I trust them I trust Michigan's defense I don't think that we're going to see a situation where they get yeah if they get blown off the field against Ohio State I'm not sure it's going to be schematic I, I would be surprised I think mm-hmm. at this point I was surprised last year too but I would I would be surprised if that happens again it's interesting how the goalposts move over yeah. the course of a season because if you think about where we were back in August uh, the whole conversation was, this is the year. Michigan is going to beat Ohio State, going to win the division, going to win yep. the Big Ten, going to get to the playoff. Like Those were the things that, that were hanging out there before the season. Then you lose that game to Wisconsin, and all of a sudden yep. it's like, all right, uh, let's wipe the slate clean uh, and try to figure out wh- what now is going to constitute a successful season. I think we've kind of gotten back to the point now where if if Michigan wins against Indiana, mm-hmm. whatever happens against Ohio State, you know, if, if you finish this season nine and three, I think people are gonna look at it and say, considering where we were after that Wisconsin game, yeah. Pre- yeah. we'll take it. You know, you it's should not, take it. It's yeah. not everything it's not everything that we wanted, <laughs> yeah. but it, it you know, it's a pretty impressive in season turnaround. 
to get to the point where you could be a nine-win football team. And I, I think this Indiana game really is, you know, sort of the the hinge in terms of if you lose your last two, mm-hmm. if you finish eight and four, there's no way to really put a spin on that that right. you know that right. it's a success. You just you know you, as you know as as nice as the Notre Dame win was, as nice as the Michigan State win was. Right. If you if you come in at eight and four, it's tough. I yeah. think you look at it and say, you know what, you can't call that a successful season. But I think if you win if you win this game, if you beat Indiana, then I think you're at the point where you say, we'll go take our shot against Ohio State, and however that one turns yeah. out, we're pretty happy with the body of work that we put together between the Wisconsin game and the Ohio State game. Yeah, you you should. Take it. I'm not sure that they will uh, <laughs> yeah. on the masses, but I think that if nothing else, like you said in the scenario you're pre- presenting there, if you beat Indiana and maybe you fight Ohio State hard and come up short, maybe you win your bowl game, you know, you go 10 or 3. I think this would be the year that we, we look back and say, you know, that this was the year of change. This was the year, and probably it was probably a year too late, um, but this was the year where he finally, he being Jim Harbaugh, finally decided to truly evolve. And uh, that's not hard. That's not easy to do. And mm-hmm. you know, again, I don't want to make this a potato podcast, but we go back to that <laughs> and say, like, it's not easy to do when you're a coach who's done a certain thing a certain way forever, and you're a guy who is pretty headstrong in those situations. And if there's one thing, and I, I, I mean, people know me who listen to this show and have been listening to me yell and scream for a long time, and I've written about Jim Harbaugh since the day he got here, and you know that I have been critical of a lot of things that Jim Harbaugh has done. Uh, maybe sometimes, I think mostly fair. I think maybe sometimes I got off the rails. I don't know. But I think mostly fair. But there's one thing I've always given him credit for, um, and I will never change my opinion on this, is that he makes more difficult season-to-season uh, season decisions than any coach that I've seen up close ever. Hmm. Um, he, has got, he has let go close friends that have been staffers. Uh, he has altered things that he thought were exactly how it should be done and then he's been open to change those things um you know he's not 42 either you know he's an older guy I think that those are hard things to do on the fly and I know you did have nine months to do it and everything else um and again I I will go probably to my grave saying it's probably a year or two too late but they've embraced sort of a way of playing football that they had to do and you know whatever happens from here I guess we'll have to be the ultimate judge but I think that this will be the year of at least you changed it and maybe you're going to give yourself a chance going forward to yep. get yourself where you want to go. Just to bring it all full circle, you can see what the alternative to that you is. You can, and uh, we just watched at Michigan yep. State. Yep. Right. You you keep yep. everything the same. You say we're going to shuffle around some titles. Uh, you know, we we've earned the right to uh, to do this without being questioned. Jim Harbaugh could have said that. He absolutely. He could have said, said that, yep. you know what, all you guys. You know, harping at me to change my <laughs> offense. I took over this program when it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. I got us back to winning eight to ten games every yep. year. So all you guys leave me alone, and we're going to keep doing what we're doing. But instead, he said, I'm going to go hire Josh Gaddis. I'm going to roll the dice with this thing. Uh, it was bumpy at first, but it's why you do it, to yep. be playing the way they're playing at this point in the season. 100%. And that's that's what that's what I have taken away from it right now. I mean, again, that could change if you fall apart in these next two. <laughs> but, I mean, as we sit here today, that's what I'm taking away, is that they've done the necessary steps to, to, to show that we're trying to modernize this and, and make this thing, you know, an evolution where skilled players are going to want to come play here. You know, we talk about Nico Collins being a guy who's criminally underused, and he still is. But at this point, at least 
we're seeing them use his presence to open things up for somebody else. Ronnie Bell doesn't have 150, 70 yards mm-hmm. if Nico Collins isn't out there taking all this attention, right? Sure. But at least we're seeing the full complement of everything now. And, um, yeah, that's why you that's why you make tough decisions, and that's why you uh, try to spin forward in football. If you're going to be in football for your whole life, and Jim Harbaugh has made no bones about his plans as, I'm going to play football as long as I can, I'm going to coach football as long as I can, and then I'm going to die. <laughs> if you're going to be in football your whole life, you got to roll with the punches. We see his brother do it. John Harbaugh's doing it with oh, Lamar yeah. Jackson and yeah. just killing the NFL right now. And I think, and maybe that inspired Jim too, I don't know. But, you know, it's, it's happened, and I think it's in a better place than it was certainly in September. I think it's in a better place than it was probably in January before they made the move. Sometimes it takes time, longer than people want to you know, want to go with it, and sometimes mistakes are made, but, you know, is what it is, and maybe that's maybe that's the positive you take out of it. All right, folks, uh, well, it's, it's kind of the week uh, the week before the week around here, yep. but uh, it's certainly a lot, uh, a lot on the line for Michigan uh, this week against Indiana, so we will be back uh, on our subscriber show on Thursday to talk a little more about uh, the Hoosiers and that matchup. Uh, thank you for checking out the RPM podcast uh, at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and uh, we'll be back for all uh, our athletic subscribers on Thursday. Till then, I'm Austin Meek with Nick Baumgartner, and thank you for listening.